I heard you and uh, Fr- Fred and Robin started a band uh, in response to <laughs> Tuchus, and uh, I'm not going to say too think much. I we have a name. Good, because uh, <laughs> I want to put a stop to that band right away. First of all, I'm calling bullshit what? on your new uh, band because it's not your band. It's Fred's. I know what he's up to. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> you know, Robin is barely used in the song. Wait a minute. Hold on. Robin. Ho- right. Ho-dee-dole. Ho-dee-dole. <laughs> all right. What do you calling, want? You're calling bullshit on what? There's no bullshit. Your... I said I wrote a song. Right. Go back and listen to your own fucking show. Song's not that good. I, I oh, okay. Song's not it's, good. It's, and it's not it's, a good it's, use it's, of Robin's talent. Robin, uh, I is, think it was, uh, I think it was a perfect use of Robin's talent okay. and we'll let the audience decide for itself. I'm not. I'm not playing it. So you don't. The audience okay. isn't deciding. Very good. So they'll just have to uh, imagine what it sounds like. Then hey, what are you imagine wearing? it's really great. Now what it is is, you know, Fred had a, an idea. He was upset that I kicked him out of my band. I I had to mix it up. I had well, no the, hits. The original idea was I was going to do a band with Gary, but then I saw that might be a little difficult. And uh, this song just kind of <laughs> he has no talent. Kinda, this song kind of po- well, actually, the band was going to be called Gary's Finger. And this all right, was listen, Fred. No offense. Here's what all I'm saying is, I love you. Okay, you're my man. I know you just can't you know, stand the competition. I get it. You're no. a competitive guy. I get it. <laughs> Fred, I understand. Fred wrote his. Okay, thank you. All right, is there a way to turn him off? The uh, <laughs> aren't you in control? <laughs> no, uh, no longer. Uh, no, what it was is uh, Fred said, "Oh, you know, I guess he was insulted that I kicked him out of the band." But I had to do something, you know. I mean, uh, each song was tanking, so I uh, so Fred goes, "That's it. I'm starting the band with Robin." I was like, "Oh, okay, interesting idea." I know Robin. Robin has a very powerful presentation when she sings. It's really. A very full voice. And I thought, okay, that's something I'm interested in. But what he did was he used Robin. He sang mostly, and then Robin was peppered into the song. <laughs> and I didn't like it because I felt Robin has, you know, Robin's not a background singer. Robin, You didn't like man. it because it was good. No. I didn't like it because Robin was insulted by it, and she's too afraid to <laughs> Robin say was it. not insulted was simply, at all. I was simply a hired player in a song uh, that was written. And it's, funny, and, I, and it's funny how everybody likes his song except you. Nah. People are afraid okay. of you. People are so yeah. afraid of Fred. Okay. They think like, oh, Fred. I don't keep, keep I the mean, gaslight going. Keep the gas. I'm afraid of Fred too. To be honest. Okay. (laughs) Well, well, yes. Don't sound like it. (laughs) I know. Well, the tough guy when I'm far away from him. (laughs) When I'm in the same studio with him, it's a different story. (laughs) Anyway, I'm gonna. You know what? Um, I knew exactly what the criticism would be because Howard loves the way. I you sing. sing. That's right. No, he loves and the way that you don't sing. And I tried to no. make it sound like you could. Well, yes, it's uh, true. I it's true. That's not true. Don't put words in my mouth. Robin's expense. That is singing. 
according to me. <laughs> you know what it is? I was like, I was so pissed when I heard the song. I went, so Fred pulled Robin out of retirement for this. I mean, uh, to use her as a background. You know, singer, it's good, uh, and you can't stand it. It's not good. That's what. That's what's. That's what's. It's that's not. what's crazy. All right, here that's it what's is. Crazy. You, uh, <laughs> Here's a little bit of Killer Queef oh, by yeah, uh, yeah. Fred the, the, and the some, some of is, Robin. The Kangaroo Court is now the, in session. Here's Fred and Barely Robin. Queef, 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 queef. Why don't you go ahead and queef? Oh, there's Fred. Okay, I had enough. <laughs> Cut it off before she starts to sing. That's fair. Sing? That was it. <laughs> no, it's not. There's two more you, minutes you, of this you're song. You're doing a B-52s thing. You're trying to get her No, to, I'm not uh, doing talk. a B-52s she thing. She can go full voice. Uh, here's stop the it. deal. I'll write stop a song what? for you, Robin. Stop what? I'll put oh, you, yeah, I'll right, put right. you on uh, Peloton, okay. girl. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> Please, please, I want to hear, I want to see how that comes out. It's like a washing. Turned her into a joke like the guy from the B-50. Rub, 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 rub. She does good. Hey, you missed a spot. Okay. Okay, now you're cutting it off before she starts singing. So the first 30 seconds. All right. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. What he's talking about. Gaslight. Fred is singing and Robin is talking. Okay. I'm still waiting for Robin to sing for it. She's right there. Right there. This is insulting to Robin. So this is how it works. You're going to cut it off every like five seconds. It's like, okay, here's a little bit. Well, who can take it? I'm going to keep it I'm trying to make it interesting. It's a little bit. It's not Fred. It's okay. It's not Hey. It's no Tuchus. Right. It's no it's Metamucil Man. Right. Musically, it's really good. It's well produced. And Robin did a terrific job. This is not her. This is not her style. Yeah. It may not be her style, but it is a song. Well, all right. Okay, great job, man. Man, man, you don't ever use Robin again like that. You're 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 a piece of work. That's all I'm going to say. You really are a piece of work. Uh, Good luck with Peloton, girl. All right. Oh, I already I already uh, recorded my tracks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You recorded it all right. Yeah. I I love that guy, Fred. I met Fred. And I love you. Okay. Don't I, you, know, sound, like, you don't sound like you can't even take criticism. Oh, Impossible to work with criticism. You. Like I knew this is, I knew this is what you were going to do. From from, I I I wrote the script in my head. It's constructive go, okay. criticism. No, you no, suck. no. This, That's it. This is this is Move the on. gaslight. This is the gas. <laughs> this no. is the gaslight effect. Fred is a very talented musician. Very talented. Who, more talented than you give me credit who? for. Me, I'm no. more talented than you give me credit for. Yes, you. Yes, I am. <laughs> I've never heard you like this. <laughs> Good for you. You, you should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like what? <laughs> like what? 
I told you you're very talented. I think you're terrific. It's just okay. The sarcasm is uh, overwhelming. No, no, I really, I really do feel that way. You know, I no, do. You don't. No, I you love don't. how you play guitar. You're like Eric Clapton yeah, you, with, with, yeah, a, with, a, you, with a mental you issue. Love you, lo you love me so much, you kick me out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out it's all the Eric stops, Clapton, buddy. It's have Eric Clapton a, a with ball. a different mental issue. What's going on with the... Man, why are you wearing... The guy, wasn't this the guy was saying the other day to his wife, I have mental issues? I do have yeah. mental issues. Okay, so I'm going to take your word for it. I, yeah. You have okay. mental issues, and so do I. So what? We all have. We did pretty well for friend. guys with mental issues. I think so. I think <laughs> <Right>. so. <laughs> you now know what Fred said? Don't pat yourselves on the back too hard. <laughs> you know what Fred said to me the other day? He goes, "I just heard the greatest song of all time." I go, "Who wrote it?" He goes, "I did." <laughs> you know, I actually wrote that line for myself, but uh, we weren't on the air yet with that. So there you go. <laughs> now I needed a distraction. And uh, this song was a great distraction, and I'm going to so thank Robin's Robin. a distraction. I'm going to thank you. Robin for participating in the song, mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm going to thank Rich Gibbons for producing the song. I'm going to thank uh, Steve Griffiths for uh, facilitating the recording process. All right, and well, you didn't uh, I'm, win I'm any grateful. Awards, yeah, so. you didn't win a Grammy, Fred. <laughs> Calm down. I, you know what? I'm just grateful to all those people because while you're busy shitting on me. <laughs> I want to show my appreciation for that. Ah, I love you. No, you you're, you're my best friend. <laughs> this is my, anyway. oh God, I can't imagine how Jimmy Kimmel is treated. <laughs> By the way, um, Fred just mentioned a bunch of very talented people who helped him with the song. Fire all those people for sitting there and wasting my no, you're gonna, you're time gonna need with that. You're going you're gonna to need them to help you with your masterwork. All right. Woo. He's a very, listen. Fred's a very talented musician, and you you know you can't fuck with him about that. He doesn't like <laughs> when you even joke about yeah, it. Yeah, don't say that. No, he works hard on the music, and um, good for him. I hardly right. worked on it. It was it was a fun thing to do. Okay, well maybe you should have worked harder. All right, oh. <laughs> I worked hard enough to be better than yours. So there, <laughs> Robin, I. Um, you know, when they when they talk about sensitive artists, Fred yes. is one of them. He's an artist yes. and he's very sensitive. And uh, it, no, I enjoyed this song. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, You're going to keep it for your personal collection. You will never uh, play it here again. <laughs> speaking of songs, and Fred, so music, and Fred is a music expert. Fred, and I'm being serious now, another topic. Were you into the music you of the cult? Were you serious before? No. Were 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 uh were you into the music of the cult? I'm not that familiar with them, so you're going to have to find a person that uh, is more familiar than I. I spent I was into the cult in the '90s. I loved that band, and that's another band that I thought would have been huge. Um, I mean, when I say huge, on the level of uh, you know, Nirvana, Foo Fighters, uh, what, you know, what they were doing was unique, original, the guy's voice, I, I'm, and I'm, what's his name, Ian, um, what's the lead singer of the cult's name? Anyway, the, the, I spent yesterday, a good portion of yesterday, Ian Asbury, thank you, not Asbury, Robin. That's the thing on Ralph's face. Asbury is what's on Ralph's face. It's Ian Astbury. Asked. Okay, there's yeah, a T there. That, yeah. 
An Asbury is that little red dot on Ralph's face. <laughs> I, uh, but I tell you, that band, and I sat there and watched interviews with them from back in the day, like on MTV. It, what was that stunning uh, woman's, uh, God, she was good looking. The British woman. Um, oh, I can't think of her name. She was an MTV VJ. She was interviewing the cult. Don't remember a British woman. A downtown Julie Brown. Oh, oh, she a lover. oh how could I forget Je downtown Julie Brown? She oh, was she British. good looking. What a sexy woman. What happened to her? Downtown I think she got Julie married. Brown. Of course she did. <laughs> Must have married some rich guy. Downtown Julie Brown. Hello, governor. This is downtown Julie Brown. Remember MTV? Downtown Julie Brown. And she'd wear cute little outfits. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. They had some really great VJs. They knew what they were doing. That Martha Quinn. Every guy thought he could like, oh, I could bang Martha Quinn. Meanwhile, you couldn't even get in a room with her. Give me a yeah, break. I love how they called her the girl next door. Nobody had a yeah. girl next door like that. <laughs> she was next door. I would have married her. <laughs> girl next door. And then the other one who was like a Playboy playmate, the blonde. I, uh, I can't think of her name. Nina, was it? Nina Wood. Because she gave me wood. <laughs> <laughs> Nina Wood. She gives me wood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that Nina, oh, Nina Blackwood, that's what her name was. Yes, was it Wood or Well? Blackwood. Blackwood. Blackwood? Okay. Yeah. Nina Blackwood, because she gave me Wood, and <laughs> and I wanted to see her VJ. That's why they called them VJs. They called the guys Every, VJs, too. What was that? Oh, they did. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to the guys. <laughs> Nina Blackwood, and then later on came downtown Julie Brown, and she used to go, Wubba, wubba, wubba. And I went, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Because she's so hot. <laughs> and she would dress like Madonna. You know, like Madonna yes, back in the day. Yes, that's what my vision is. Yeah. That she'd always be sort of like a Madonna ripoff. Right. Who cared? Who cared? The titties and everything. Oh, magnificent looking woman. And, you know, the interview with the guy from the cult, Ian Astbury, wasn't even that good an interview. Like, she kind of was just being a little too uh, frivolous. With, like, you know, have, she was just having fun with him and, and kind of blowing him off. And I'm like, I really, this guy, Ian Astbury, is really good. And he, he looked like he was sitting on the couch kind of annoyed. Mm. Like, like, he, like, God, I'm so talented. What am I doing here? I feel like a clown. But the guy was the perfect frontman, the cult. The best song they ever did was She Sells Sanctuary, which is not an easy title to say. But you remember that song, She Sells Sanctuary? No. I'm going to play it. I was sitting and listening. Whenever I would hear this song, whenever I felt like, 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 oh, you know, if we were in trouble or this shit was hitting the fan with our career, I would listen to this song and it would pump me up. You never told me this. Yeah. A lot of time. You know who turned me on to the cult? Ralph, believe it or not. He says, well, you got to hear this. Not making sense. <laughs> he said to me, you got to listen to this band. They're so good. I go, what'd you just say? 
It's so, no. so good. And, um, I went, yeah, I said, right. And then, and then I listened to them and they were so fucking good. And this is a band that never won an entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's how good they're here. This is, uh, She Sells Sanctuary. Listen to that riff. So unique. Gives me the chills. And the guy's an interesting looking guy, too. He's got all fucked up teeth, big gums. Like Gary. He looks like from the map from the nose down. He looks like Gary. I mean, what a song! And when you can sing like this, crooked teeth are hot. Like, you're like, oh, that's a cool look. You know what I mean? I never thought of Gary as having a rock look. Now I'll have to look at him differently. <laughs> well, I mean, from the nose down. You know, from the nose to the chin. <laughs> anyway, it's such a great song. And you got to watch the video. when they, they, There's live versions of this. And even the dude said, um, Ian Asbury said, after you write a song like She Sells Sanctuary, you spend the rest of your life trying to write another one as good. But they do have a ton of good ones. Listen to their, like, listen to a couple of their old albums. They were really good. And they never made it big. I mean, they were, they were okay. You know, I'm sure they did well, but they should have been. Huge. You know what? They probably were big in England yeah. and the rest of the world and just never made it here. I don't know. I just know Ralph turned me on to him, and I was like, well, these guys are really good. Ralph knows what he's talking about. A cult. Good name, too, for a band. Uh, the second best name in rock next to Tuchus. <laughs> but uh, I'm surprised Fred uh, was Where are they them. now? I don't know. I have no idea. I think they live in an assisted living home. I don't know. <laughs> They have two full-time aides. And, uh, no, I don't know where they are. I don't know how old they are. I don't know if they're still alive, if they're dead. I don't know what's going on. But I was spending a lot of time thinking about them yesterday. And was thinking about Sting also. Fred, don't you think Sting is an amazing musician in the sense that his songs are so complex? I think he's, I mean, since the beginning, I've been a huge, huge police fan and a huge uh, Sting fan. Probably more a fan of the police, though. But uh, he definitely got more complex as the years went on. He's just written some killer songs. And right. he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. I'd say he's up there with McCartney. I agree. 
But I mean, you know, I was thinking about Sting. Like, I don't think he gets enough credit as being a great songwriter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think because he was so pretty. That's the problem. You know, it's like they see a good looking guy and they just say, oh, look at that face. I mean, you look at that. Uh, what was the song that was big for them? Every Breath You Take. Uh-huh. I mean, it was it was every shot was of Sting and they made him look like a million bucks. And, uh, you know, and the song was about stalking <laughs> and nobody cared. You, you know what's crazy? Now, here's a guy like Sting. It's, why am I echoing? Hmm. Anyway, it's only happening to you. I don't hear it. No, it only happened when Fred's mic was up. I don't know. Oh. I don't know why. It was weird. But anyway, the thing with Sting is, like Fred just said, he was such a good-looking He is a good-looking guy. But there's a good-looking guy who was probably insecure about his looks. You think? Yes, because he got a nose job. He did? I remember I looking at that. Sting. Oh, well, I'm, by the way, I'm not saying it is fact, but I'm, uh, I got a pretty, you know, I'm pretty fixated on people's noses. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I noticed the same thing. Yeah, I'm not about fixated, what, but uh, yeah. And it I happened think it changed while he, his voice a little bit. While he was in the police, I remember the videos. He had a nose more like Fred's, like a rounded tip. Ah. Uh. And um, and then all of a sudden, I'm watching, right, Fred? And then I'm watching that's, the video. That's probably why I noticed it, because I used to look at him and go, oh, well, not that I look like Sting, but I went, oh, we're, there's there's a similarity there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, uh, he didn't look like me anymore. No. Well, oh, he had, a, po- he had a pointy nose. And I've got to tell you something. <laughs> he looked better with his rounded nose. The pointy nose is too pointy. It looks weird. Uh, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint, I think he shouldn't have done it. I don't think the surgeons know how to take a, a bulbous sort of nose and turn it into a pointy nose. I don't think they've figured, they've perfected that. Well, I don't think he wanted his bulbous nose to be a pointy nose. I think he preferred the pointy nose because, you know, that bulbous nose is very British, you know, and they can get out of control, those bulbous noses. Oh, uh, he looked, he looked like W.C. Field. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I think it's interesting. A guy as handsome as that, a sting is a handsome motherfucker. He didn't need to do that. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't need. I'm, now again, I don't know for a fact that he got a nose job, but it looked to me like he did. I can't give you a fact, but the son of a bitch can write music. And it's complex music. You know, I'm not a musician. I don't really understand that world. But uh, I can tell that that stuff's tough to play on guitar. Sorry. Anyway. It's interesting um, to me because you hate jazz so much. And he was so jazz influenced. Yeah, but I know, I know. He was a jazz musician. He must have gotten tons of pussy. Well, I mean, that guy, good-looking, hit songs. I mean, it must have been crazy. But then he married Trudy. I'm surprised. Uh, it must, he, he probably, I mean, everywhere he went, he was probably fucking. I'm reading Paul Stanley's book from Kiss. The, the amount of fucking that Paul Stanley did <laughs> as a rock star is incredible. The whole book is, kind of, like, sometimes three, four women a day. Like, he even said... He would, like, Kiss would go on tour. And, and it's a really, actually, a, a really incredible, uh, book. And he, he points out his own insecurities all the time. Like, he was a kid who was made fun of. 
Uh, he was born with one ear, and he, he was really an outcast. And so when he became famous in Kiss, and uh, he said it was, he, all of a sudden, women, he wasn't into drugs. His drug became women. He said, because it made me feel like, oh, uh, now I'm accepted. Now I'm good looking. Now I'm, you know, now I'm the guy who's desirable, which was, which is an incredibly honest view of the rock and roll scene and a, and a, a very honest view of, uh, of his life. You know, there was no sugarcoating it. And it wasn't something he was bragging about. He was talking about how like pussy was his heroin. Like he needed it to build up his self esteem. And so he, he he describes a situation. I knew rock stars got a lot of women, but this is crazy. I mean, like they pull into town and there'd literally be places where like like backstage or something where the women would be there waiting to get fucked. And you could just go in, pick one out, fuck them and then go to the next one and fuck them and fuck. Them. Like it was just a, a everyone knew the score. Well, no I don't conversation. know that that's the case. Uh, these are young women. They probably had a dream, which was dashed when they were thrown to the side and the next girl yeah. was brought along. Robin, the whole <laughs> thing is crazy. It's crazy. It makes you, it makes you, it, it was like an all you can fuck buffet. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but then, uh, later on in the book, he meets Donna Dixon. You remember her? From yes. uh, Bosom Buddies, the actress, right. who later married Dan Aykroyd. But uh, you remember how sexy and beautiful she was in that TV One show of with the Tom most Hanks. Beautiful women, yeah. Paul Stanley, boom, 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 out go the lights. He was, he was doing her. He was having her, and uh, he, he kind of, um, he kind of dug her, and then she fucking blew his mind. He was calling her. We should be steady thing, blah, 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 blah. She married Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Guy with a shorter list, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, one hell of a book when you talk about rock star. I was like, man, you got to be nuts if you're a dude and you don't practice guitar every day. Although it's not like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that anymore. The days of, you know. First of all, rock stars became huge because there used to be radio stations that were powerhouses. And then, you know, radio stations would play only a couple of records and you become a big hit and then you go on That's the road. That's right. That was rarefied yeah. air. Nowadays, with Spotify, Pandora, streaming on YouTube, who knows who's listening. You're trying to get Ozempic to, to sing about you. Right. <laughs> oh, 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 Ozempic. <laughs> By the way, a lot of people wrote me about that rap we were doing about uh, different commercials and the way they use rock music in commercials. And, uh, -huh. uh I should, let me, let me uh, pull out some of the comments that the fans sent. See if I can find my fan feedback. We pay attention to your letters. The, the, we were talking about how, like, it really bugs me that Ozempic is like, you know, oh, 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 Ozempic. Oh, we don't have it. Oh, okay. I'll do it later. There were a couple of tunes that, uh, people pointed out to me. Must have been yesterday's email. People, I never got to it because we were busy with Nick Cannon. Uh huh. Who was, who was great on the air. Yes. I, um, yeah, he was. He was a lot of fun. Great guy. I, um, everyone was saying did you coward did you hear this commercial that commercial 
you know, listen, I can't get to every single commercial, but it's really weird when you hear rock songs and commercials. And the, and the point is, that's the only way these bands can get their music out there lately on a, on a mass level. You put it in a commercial. So the whole damn music industry has changed. Like, I mean, my whole thing as a kid was like, I worship rock stars. I wanted to be a rock star. You know, I, I thought that would be the greatest life. And nowadays, I don't know, you look at them and it's like kind of not the same thing. It doesn't have the same luster unless you're like a vintage rock act like Bruce Springsteen or Paul McCartney or Billy Joel or. It's ACDC, funny you should say that. Metallica. Because, you know, um, I was watching Saturday Night Live and that always used to be a place to discover new music right right because they find these bands and you know and then all of a sudden they were doing just the top of the pops you know like everybody else and so they had the jonas uh, uh, excuse me jonas brothers on this past weekend and they were singing and playing earnestly and i was like i have no idea what they're singing about it was all just ridiculous i don't even well, know what they were saying they got they got to get their songs in a commercial that's why my new band <laughs> took is we write songs directly for commercials metamucil man <laughs> and peloton girl i'm i'm i know what to do <laughs> i'm sitting there saying yeah. i i can listen to this but i don't know what they're singing about and it sounds like they're really trying to tell me something and i don't know what it is well, I'll tell you, a band that do you know what they're talking about is Metallica. Those boys are coming on tomorrow. They're going to perform. Oh yeah, yeah. They they got uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on. New album. So you know those boys. They when they want to come in, I open the door to them, and they That's got right. uh, they'll have the whole band, and they'll do a couple of tunes for us and everything else. And we can talk to them and hear what's going on. Uh, let's go to Mike in Florida. Mike, go ahead. Hey guys, first time, long time. Hey. Hey, uh, you were wondering what happened to um, all the VJs. They're all uh, uh, co-workers of yours on XM. Is that right? Well, that's true. A lot of yeah, them. Yeah, uh, uh, was it Nina and Mark are on 80s on 8, and downtown Julie Brown's on 90s on 9. Oh, I didn't know that. I never heard her on 90s on 9. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I have heard that. That's yeah. sometimes on the weekends they have that countdown or something. Yes, I've heard that, too. Yeah. How could yeah. we have forgotten that? How do I not have a countdown show? How did that miss me? Those those things make a ton of dough. Those fucking countdown well, shows. Well, now what everyone does one, apparently. I know. It's such, you know, for a DJ, it's like a slam dunk. You go in a studio, takes you 15 minutes. I mean, Casey Kasem used to have Ajito over his fucking countdown. <laughs> but me, yeah, I could go 15 minutes in a studio. You read a couple. Of, and now coming in at number seven, it's the cult. You know, I mean, that's it. That's the gig. Well, what are you counting down? Because you can't just have a top 40 countdown anymore. No, that's what I you, would Top 40. You would do the top 40 because yeah. you hear, I mean, what is 90 on, uh, 90s on 90? Uh, what are they counting down? They do the, they do the top 90s on 90. 90s on 9. That year. They do what do they do, Mike? They, what is downtown do Julie the, Brown they do? The top, they do like the top. Uh, like top 10 or 20 songs of a certain year that week. So this yeah, week, uh, 1992, these are the top uh, 10 songs, blah, blah, blah. You know That's what? I heard the downtown Julie Brown uh, countdown. I don't know what the fuck she was counting down. Robin's <laughs> right. I, I was like, well, what What year? What is she counting down? Uh, to me, a countdown show was always the top 40, you know, with Casey right. Kasem. 
I know when I hear downtown Julie Brown counting, I'm going, what is she counting? <laughs> like, like the but I agree year. with you. She was super hot. So hot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Even now, she's still hot. I don't know what she looks like now. I, I prefer to uh, just, you know, not look. <laughs> I remember I, I, her in her glory. <laughs> no, I mean, some, some people you look at and they look great. And other people you're like, oh, I better look away. It's a car accident. And uh, that, <laughs> by the way, I, I'm not I'm I'm not proud to say, I, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say this. Oh, my God. So my wife was here yesterday on the show and she brought in my nephew. Um, You know, little kid, he's uh, he's like, you know, 10, 11 years old. And uh, Beth took a couple of pictures of me on the air with him. So she took she grabbed my phone. Well, yesterday she says, send me the pictures of you and Luke in the studio. I'll send it to him. It'll be nice. I looked at these pictures. Dad, that was not me. There was somebody sitting <laughs> in my chair that looked like, like, you know who I looked like? Fucking Henry who? Kissinger or something. Like, what? something that bad. Yeah. <laughs> with like a. That's not possible. With like curly, frizzy hair and uh, all slumped over in my chair. I looked like I was on death's door. And I, no, I looked. So I, I ran upstairs after the show and got in the mirror immediately. And I'm like posing in front of the mirror. I go, how the fuck did I take such Where's a bad Henry picture? Where's Henry Kissinger now? Yeah. <laughs> you know what it looked like? It looked like a little kid in a haunted house. Like there was like some weird, scary man. Like you're a ghost or something? Like yeah, a vision? Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like a vision. It didn't even look like a human being. I mean, what the fuck? I I mean, what's going on here? I can't handle this. I, you know, I was never handsome, and now I look like, 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 like a wax museum monster. Not <laughs> oh, bad. I'm not kidding. It was crazy. I'm looking. You should see these pictures. You probably erased them all. They can't be seen. Oh no! I gave some to Beth, and I said, just dance the kid to. Not show these to anybody. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, really that bad. It was like, wow. Like, like even my glass, everything looked weird. Huh. Man, man, I hit the wall so fucking hard. I'll tell you the truth. I looked at these pictures. I think I might have to get some of that Botox. <laughs> I'm not We're kidding. Botox. I don't know, but I got to do something. I can't walk around like this. If the COVID would come back and we could all wear, wear masks again, that would be helpful. Oh, God. I didn't hit the wall. The wall fell on me. I couldn't believe it was me. Like, I could be cute sometimes in the back in the day, you know, like, you know what I mean, for me. Like if you caught me on the right day and I had a nice outfit. Look, on. I tell you, there's a whole movie where you look beautiful. Mm. Private parts. Yeah, I didn't realize I was beautiful back then because what I am now is not funny. <laughs> I mean, man, how could one person fall apart so rapidly? And it just happened. Uh, you know, the company. <laughs> Wants me to come out of hiding and go down to uh, Miami Beach uh-huh. and do a couple of shows from there live and talk to some guests. And I was thinking, okay, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team and go down to Miami and open up the new studios. 
Then yesterday, I saw the I said, I can't go out in public like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, I can't be around people like this. Can you imagine me in direct sunlight, Miami Beach? I know. Maybe that's your best lighting. How I think the lighting is wrong. Something. Shut up, shut up, lady. <laughs> that was I you, Robin. Screaming. Wrong with the lighting. I don't know. I don't want to cause a panic. So I'm like dreading that. I'm going to do it. I agreed to do it, but I'm dreading it. You know, Sirius XM had a great idea to send me where the youngest, hottest <laughs> people walk around in almost no clothing. So the kids can get a good look at me. The fuck is wrong with them? Keep me preserved in a box. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be doing um, a couple of shows from the new studios. So uh, let me just say, coming soon, my worst nightmare. <laughs> you guys will enjoy don't it. Don't look. Don't look. Yeah. Don't look. <laughs> oh, man. I saw these pictures next to my uh, young... Uh, nephew. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh man. I'll be marched around like a sideshow freak. And plus, I'm real tall and I'm more bent over than ever. Beth keeps telling me to stand up straight. And I get, I get annoyed because I know I just, you know, after all these years, it's hard to straighten out. I mean, the time to do it would have been, she even uh, got me a, um, there's this thing they sell on the internet. It's like, looks like a bra. You put it on right. and it's supposed to make you stand up straight. I put it on. I was miserable. I took it right off. Well, it's going to hurt and not be no. comfortable if it's trying to make you do something you're not used to doing. You ain't kidding. It was, it was like, I was weird. I was like, <laughs> oh, all this standing up straight. I'm going to bonk my head on something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. It was weird. <laughs> you know, it's like a brace. It was like a brace on your back. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. So. That's great. But anyway, Paul Stanley, he uh, he was carrying on with Donna Dixon from Bosom Buddies. If you don't know who that is, go look her up. Man, that's rock and roll. That reminds me of that scene in uh, Daisy and the Sixth. Right. That's Daisy a great Jones show. and the Sixth, where, yeah. you know, the guy who is he the drummer and he's like, I'm dating a movie star. Yeah. Well, that's what Paul's like in the book. He goes like, what the fuck? He's like, I was this kid with a deformed ear. They used to call me Stanley the one-eared monster and make fun of me. And he goes, and now I'm with Donna Dixon. He was with her before Bosom Buddies. Like, whoa. Oh, he's like Can one of those imagine? guys yeah. who discovers raw talent. Hell yeah. <laughs> Paul was the Pete Davidson of his time. <laughs> true, a true pussy pioneer. Um, well, anyway, uh, let's see. There's a bunch of people on the phone. Let's go to Bobo. You haven't spoken to Bobo. Hey, no, oh, I, I got to Here's Listen. something I can't play you. Hold on, Bobo. What? I got to play your what? thing. So, you know, we had Ronnie on the air the other day talking about his wedding. We were busting Ronnie's balls and everything. And I was saying, Ronnie's got to make the speech of his life at his wedding. Let me see if I have this. I got so many, so much email. Now don't tell me I don't have this because I know I read it. I don't see it. Bobo. There's some guy made up. Do I not have the Bobo stuff? 
You have it. Uh, page nine there. The bottom. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, Ronnie. Ronnie's. Okay. So I was busting Ronnie's balls about the wedding. And I, I don't. I can't even believe that Ronnie's making his wife pay for part of the wedding. It's just ridiculous. I don't think you're talking him out of it. No. Let him do what he wants. It's a huge mistake. Be a man. Pay for the fucking wedding. Stop bitching about it's costing you too much. You know, you know what happened? I know what happened. He was like, I don't know. I don't want a big wedding. It's a lot of money. We're over fucking budget. You know how he talks. Right. So right. She probably just, she just said, Ronnie, I'll pay for some of it. Good. You pay for some of it. <laughs> you know, I could, I, I just know how he is. Right. And, uh, and when cooler heads prevail, you know what? Got this gorgeous young woman marrying him. Dude, pay for the wedding and do it with a smile on your face. Say this is going to be a great time. Our friends are going to celebrate our love. And the other thing I was busting his balls about is he got to get up there. Don't be uptight that it's a love event and profess your love for her. Say something sweet. So uh, a lot of people wrote me, but Bobo actually spent some time and wrote Ronnie a little speech to give to his wife. Oh, and I got to admit that was very nice of him to do. I mean, uh, here it is. This is Bobo's. And okay, listen, they ain't the greatest vows in the world, but they're better than whatever Ronnie's going to come up with. So here you go. <laughs> Here's Bobo. He put him down on voicemail. Sometimes life isn't easy, but I'll tell you one thing. It's always better when we're together. I can't keep my eyes off you. I give you my heart as you have given me yours. 